0: like bringer show at the comedy cellar. That's what sucked you into comedy. You didn't even want to do it. Tell us about this story. Yeah, I started in my early thirties.
1: Um, I had no interest in doing stand-up whatsoever. Um, a very close friend of mine at the time thought that I was, you know, just the funniest thing walking. And I, I didn't feel that way about myself. I was just the guy with all my buddies that made everybody laugh. Um, but, uh, he pushed and pushed and pushed, and he he said, you know, you have to do stand-up. I think you're so, and there was a couple other people as well. And uh-huh. I, it, he signed me up for an amateur night um, at the Comedy Cellar in Greenwich Village. Um, I was absolutely terrified. Um, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Uh, I I I really felt like I was being brought to my execution, to be honest with you. <laughs> and um, but I, you know, I spent a couple of weeks working on some horrifically bad material. Mm-hmm. Um, And I had to memorize it, obviously, verbatim, because I knew I'd be so nervous, so scared. Um, But I put together seven minutes, and uh, I got to the club that night. I'll never forget. And I swear to you, I always tell people, if there was a room with a Bengal Tiger and or the stage, and I had a choice of going into one of them, I would have gone in the room with the Bengal Tiger. I thought it was terrifying. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I got up because there were people that came to see me, and I felt, you know, some obligation to them. They drove to the city and
2: of um, they that,
1: yeah, they made that, <clears throat> excuse me, Um, they made that sacrifice. And I I said, you know what? I can't let my family and friends down. I got up, I did the seven minutes and, you know, people left. And it, it wasn't, you know, incredible. It was very uh, raw and very underdeveloped. I didn't know what I was doing really. But I remember that it felt good. And I said, wow, you know what? I think I'd like to do that again. Um, and the rest is history. I mean, I just, I start. I did a few more shows there, and then I started to get into the circle of comedians. Um, you know, the amateur comedian circle. Excuse me. I, I apologize for the hoarse voice. Um, I got into the circle of amateur comedians. I started finding some rooms in Jersey closer to where I live. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I started traveling around and. And learning the craft you know and i i got up on stage as much as humanly possible i used to seek out the toughest rooms as i could you know because i felt like the more i challenged myself the better i would get mm-hmm. um and uh you know after doing it for a little while i started to get some you know quote-unquote job offers you know yeah. where people would pay me you know five ten dollars twenty dollars to host a show you know gas money essentially mm-hmm. um but it was cool, and at the time I had a good job. I was making decent money. Um, so, but for me to be paid even a dollar to do something I love to do, because I fell in love with it very quickly, um, it was it was a dream because I had never been paid to do anything I loved. I think it was <laughs> like a fantasy, you know? And um, I slowly but surely kind of moved up the ranks. I got some better opportunities. And eventually people started featuring me and now here I am now today and you know, doing headlining spots and and it's 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 a tough road, you know. I always tell people you gotta treat it like a job, you gotta treat it like a profession, you gotta put your nose to the grindstone, you have to be reliable, you gotta put in the work and you have to have fun. That's the most important thing.
0: Yeah, you have to have fun. That is the most important thing. Do you think that if you bombed the first time ever, if you didn't get those laughs, you wouldn't have been inspired to go on?
1: Um, That's a good question. I've never really thought about that. Um, I don't know. I, I think if I did horrifically bad, it yeah. may have deterred me a little bit. Um, I, I, It's not like I got a lot of laughs. I, mean, I got a few laughs and people were smiling and I got some laughs here and there. Um, I don't know how I would have ran. I'm, I'm kind of a stubborn person. So yeah. there's a good chance that, you know, I probably would have got a little mad and said, you know what, I'm going to do this again. I, you know, I'm not going to go out on that note. So I probably would have tried it once or twice more. Um, mm-hmm. Just so that wasn't my lasting memory of it. Um, but I really don't know. I mean, I never, I never really thought too much about that. It was, luckily, uh, I did okay. But remember too, those amateur-type bringer shows, you know, when you're starting out, the audiences are friendly. Yeah, absolutely. They support, you know, newer comics. They're not not people that are like, you know, now you're working in a pro club. People are paying good money. So the expectation is, you know, they're going to be entertained. They paid their money. It's like anything else. You know, they they want their money's worth. When you're doing some of those types of shows, luckily, the people in the audience understand that everybody's kind of starting out So they're a little more, um, what can I say? They're a little more understanding um, uh, and a little more forgiving is the word I'm looking for. So, but it was good, and you know, I tell you know newer comics all the time. You just got to get up as much as you can, and you can't worry about the reaction necessarily. No one, I always tell people, no one remembers how Derek Jeter did in Little League. You know, no one cares. It's irrelevant. Um, you can't miss any rungs on the ladder. You have to put in the work. And frankly, I always tell women and men that are getting into this, find the toughest rooms, find the tough spots, mm-hmm. go to places where people are least likely to be receptive and it'll make you stronger. And that's, that That was that was something that I did and I'm glad I did it. A lot of comics are looking for the feel-good
0: spots in the beginning. It's yeah. Yeah. a mistake. That's a mistake. Yeah and I think some comedian told you that once when you he said how's it going your comedy or whatever you said it's doing great i've just been doing it a few months and and, and i'm having good laughs and good reactions and he said oh that's not good
1: <laughs> yeah he told me he said he said it's better if you have your you know your worst um your worst situations very yeah. early on yeah. because uh you know it's going to hurt more <laughs> when, you, when you fall <laughs> on your face. So that's right. probably true.
0: Now, I see a lot of comedians coming <laughs> through that comedy cove, and you are very unique yeah. in one distinction, and that is... I don't want to even call it crowd work. That's being with the crowd, connecting with the crowd, and understanding everyone who's in the room. Uh, More than half of your time that you do on that stage, I know you've got all the material to fill that time too, but more than half of your time is working with the crowd. So my question to you about it, because I've seen you like 10 times It's obvious that you have a lot of experience with that because you handle it so well. Tell me about the times when you were learning that, doing crowd work and making mistakes, pissing a guy off, getting a reaction. That must have honed you to do it so well today. Oh, I think,
1: excuse me, in the beginning, material is a lot more important because you're scared, you're nervous, and you can't really think clearly, you know, you can't you know, you can't really think on your feet. It's tough to be, like, stream of consciousness, you know. I I always enjoyed playing with the crowd. That was kind of something that I found very fun and enjoyable myself, so I was lucky. Um, You have to have the material. Um, But I think it's just just practice and time. And, you know, the more you relax on stage, the more clearly you can think. I was always kind of a wise guy, you know, with my friends and Mm -hmm. school and, you know, to the to the dismay of my uh, my teachers, <laughs> <laughs> my, father, my father really wasn't happy that I was a natural comedian. You know that that didn't bode well, and it certainly didn't help my GPA at all. Um, but uh, I think for me, the crowd work part it's kind of my natural thing that I love. And as I as I progressed and got more relaxed on stage, I think you kind of you know morph into what you are. You know, Mm -hmm. it's no different than an athlete or anything else. You know, you start out learning the basics. You get that framework of the basic fundamentals. And then you kind of, as you relax, you kind of develop and you become, you develop your own uniqueness. And I just enjoy the crowd work because it's fresh. It's new every night. Yes. Sometimes comedians are doing the same material over and over. it can get boring and dry for that. Yeah. And I think the audience likes it too. They enjoy the interaction. Okay, now
0: Doug Carf. Everyone at home that's is me. ready to. It is you, and it's yep. not a ph, right? It's a pf. The pf. The p is silent because we don't like to get spit on
1: when people are telling us our <laughs> name.
0: Right? <laughs> Listen, yeah. since the p is silent, why don't you just make it pf? Ph? Ph? That's the same thing as pf. I, right? I'm
1: not messing with thousand year thousands of years of my yes. ancestry. Yes,
0: I don't need right. any more bad karma. <laughs> okay, now. Doug Carp with a P F everyone at home is poised to watch this film at the same time as we do here in the studio. So everyone at home must press play on their device at the same time we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Doug, go ahead, Doug Carp and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Three, two, one, go.
3: Thank you. Celebrity comedian countdown. Very informative. I look forward to listening to it. And now, I don't know what the fuck I'm watching, but I'm really mm-hmm. into it.
0: Is this like a movie production title card? No, no. We are looking at a... I don't know. I don't know! What are we it's looking at? It's supposed to let you know like this movie is sort of cosmic in a way. It's larger oh. than... Some you're same. called
3: Machine Tool of Heaven, and you're gonna let me know you're <laughs> cosmic.
0: Uh. Well, the lathe shapes the wood, you see, uh-huh. and this guy shapes reality with his dreams. Oh, you know what? Can I get a refund? I'm done. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wait, is he like, oh, I love her, but she will never talk to me, and then he meets her in her dreams?
0: No, that would be National Lampoon's Lathe of Heaven.
3: Right. I of course, I which we're be. writing, which we're currently Virgin.
0: Right. No, this was a PBS film, and this was a big deal. It was, called, it was a project called TV Lab. It's like PBS's first made-for-TV movie ever. Wow. Um, it was done in New York, even though it was funded out of Boston. You know how PBS Oops. is all about Oops, yep. I dropped the bomb. Nuclear it explosion.
3: Ah, don't look, don't look directly into it, Carl. That'll, That'll mush your
0: room. Is that funny? Like the explosion will mush your room. It's a mush room. It's a oh right, it does mush your room. Okay, now here comes George, and George is fucked up from a nuclear explosion. Is he the last man alive? Kind of thing. Yeah. He's not. A- he's not. There's a population that will live on after the devastation, but it's gonna get interrupted by a dream. Cool. Oh, stop sign. You should really, George,
3: respect the sign. That's a, so
0: This is when society breaks down when you have a nuclear war. People don't even stop at the stop sign.
3: Man, you should see Carl when he has a camera. He's like, Do you see this abandoned building? Boom, we're making a post apocalyptic movie. I want you Yeah, crawl I'm picking on the ground. You
0: up. I'm picking you up. At, as soon as you get back from Brandeis, I'm picking you
3: up. And we're going to go. Now, is this based on a science fiction novel by Ursula yeah, Le Guin? there's
0: a woman named Ursula Le Guin, and she was a big deal. Now, big she deal. doesn't like being called science fiction. She just wants to be an American novelist because, you know, but come on. If you do science fiction stories, right, you're going to be. Oh, yeah. You have devoted
3: fans of American fiction. Bullshit. You have science look fiction fans.
0: Look who's waking up, okay? 25. Wasn't the twink just in the devastation of the aftermath of a nuclear explosion? The twink was. So what's he doing here in this nice room with everything intact? He didn't get a mushed room. I like Kevin Conway.
3: Oh Yeah, what? right, his room's not mushed. It's, it's a wide room. Kevin Conway will be our evil doctor. Was he the guy in M.A.S.H.? Uh, no,
0: in no. Taxi? No, no uh he played multiple characters in the fun house you know that horror film you like that horror film i do like that horror film he was in funny farm with chevy chase whoop-de-doo oh i have to rewatch that that's michael ritchie director. invincible the football drama in 2000 Direct on the american novel by ursula k le-, le guin ursula le guin you might know him in slaughterhouse five he was um ronald weary 1972 slaughterhouse what a weird five. movie
3: i saw that film yeah yeah the protagonist two, two was directors, kind of look at that guy's name, it's Barzak.
0: <laughs> That's right, there's D-A-R-Z-Y-X. two directors, and they were like, Yeah, it's Barzik. The Y Bar-Zik. is like E sound.
3: I want my last name to have Z Y X in it,
0: yeah. Well, yeah. it'd be Spiegelman instead of I E, it would be a Y, it would be XY. Eagleman, yeah, right, Exagleman. So He has woken up into a normal world after this nuclear bomb hit. Uh, It does rain a lot.
3: Oh, it's the Portland.
0: Okay, that makes sense.
3: It rains in Portland, especially in the future.
0: (laughs) Now, this film, this book was set in Portland, and the film was going to be in Portland. But the thing is, Dallas had all these, like, very futuristic buildings. So they switched it to Dallas.
3: That's true. Give that for Dallas architecture.
0: Now look, okay. he's some sort of poke apocalyptic blue-collar worker kind of guy, and here's his like manager. Where are you going? See, he abused drugs, so he has to go to counseling. But the drugs he abused were drugs that prevent you from dreaming. It's fucking weird. So he's going to like a dream shrink. Dream shrink? Oh, cool. The dream corp. <laughs> yeah, dream yeah, corp.
3: Oh, you got to take the future bus. It's an American bus. It's not a science fiction bus. Right. This is the future bus and future train station. i watched the PBS special. Like, PBS for me reminds me of modern television because they would shoot it on video and it would look weird, right? Like, this Mm -hmm. is a very blurry copy we have. I saw a Ralph Julia movie that he did for PBS, and it was a science fiction movie. And it looked like I was actually looking at him in the room because it was so grainy and, like, distinct. Yep. Like if you ever watch a modern television set that's on 4K and yes. it looks like you're looking at Adam Sandler. Like he's right there in For the room. Much
0: higher quality. But yeah. yeah, you still got the feeling back then on PBS, like watching Shakespeare or something, that you were in the room with them. Right, you and were in the audience. Cheap. It looked cheap, remember? It did look cheap, yeah.
3: But it also looked immediate. Like it really did yes. like the Rod Julio was right there. And I've yeah. seen – I really do prefer watching movies the way they were shot like the, the way the cinematographer and the, everyone involved try to make a movie look purposely grainy or purposely colored or blend. Because if not, I'm watching it on a 4K TV or whatever. Right. And it, and it looks like a PBS science fiction movie from the 80s shot on video.
0: Yeah. Now this, what we're watching, is not the original. It's like a restored. The original was lost. Gotcha. Uh, it, it's a digital master created from the two surviving tapes was color corrected using state of the art technology. Ghosting and mm. darkness of many of the images appear in some scenes. It's the best quality transfer possible to this important work with the only surviving materials. Now, here's Dr. Bad Guy. It's Dr. Haber
3: Man, he looks pretty shabby for a doctor, man.
0: Yep. Now right like, now he's wear a
3: belt. He's wearing his like bathrobe.
0: Well, they're doing that for 1970s psychologist tropes. You know that there was a psychiatrist psychologist. They would wear those feel good uh, sweaters. Don't you remember in the 70s? Patch on the elbow. Yes, like when he put on his professor coat, it would be patched. Okay, so right now he's fine. Right now. He, This guy, he thinks somebody's coming to me again because they have bad dreams. Well, I got some whammy-jammy equipment, nice. and I can fix that. Now, we just saw a picture of Mount Hood. Did you notice the picture of Mount That's Hood? From, from is, is he sure it's not Mount Shasta? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Look at me dropping northwestern mountain names. So – just know that it is not a picture of a horse or anything. It's clearly Mount Hood. Okay. Mount Hood. Okay. I will remember that for the third act.
2: <laughs>
0: when he's climbing Mount Hood. <laughs> so um it'll come up a lot quicker than that. So right now we're just getting that. Hey, come on, pal. I'm I'm your shrink. You can open up to me. Let's let's be buddies. But I'm he's doing it with a sort of pompous attitude, like. You're in your you know your health is in my best interest too, George. You know, that kind of like The future optimism. George is not buying it, right? Like he's just not No, he George... is. He's yeah. just he's got something to tell the doctor that the doctor's not gonna believe. Whatever he dreams comes true. Of well, course just... the doctor What He just talked about war. Right, he dreamed. Uh, no, he was in a nuclear explosion. It's a little unclear in the story. Ursula Le Guin. He was. He's going to tell a story about when he first dreamed, and it must have been before the nuclear war. So, but the nuclear war sort of starts his powers. You see, it's 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 a little mixed up in the plot. Gotcha. I'm
3: actually looking forward to this movie. I, I've always heard of the author, and I just I never read her, any of her stuff. Yeah,
0: she was a big deal. Um, She was a successful person. Let's see. She died in 2018. Wow, that's pretty recent. No, that's good. Yeah, but she missed the pandemic. Woof! That was close. (laughs) But
3: she was around for 9-11.
0: Yes. Now look at the bubbles, right? Right. This is like, it's a technology that's not explained. He can make you rapidly go through your sleep stages, so poof, you're in REM. You're in your rapid eye movement dreaming state.
3: Green Grow the Gushes.
0: Where yeah, there you? it is. There it is. Why can't you say Green Grow the Rushes? Why can't, can't you, you say it? Green Grow the rushes. Because it doesn't make any sense. Green
3: people all talk like green... that. You name no, a title after it. it. Not only it... do people say that, oh. they named a fucking movie after that. God damn No, di- it's an old
0: folk song. Like people would talk like that and like 1810, you know, it's an old folk song. I don't like it. I don't like it either. The rushes grow green is how we would say it. And a rush is like weeds, right? Well, it's a swamp weed.
3: Swamp weed. All right, I got you.
0: Okay. so he's he's in REM sleep. He's dreaming about Michael Stipe. He said, well, right now he's not actually sleeping he's saying tell me about the first time this effective dream of yours happened so he's remembering when his aunt came to live with them for a short time because she i don't know down on her luck, some bullshit she's always coming on to him now carl haupt is 14 years old sitting on the couch watching pbs There's nothing in his world called pornography. No. The best he has is the Sears catalog, the bra section, because they're photos, you know. Check it out. They are photos, technically. So now he's watching this movie, The Lathe of Heaven. That guy's face I know, and I couldn't find it in the research. No worries. He's he's watching The Lathe of Heaven, and here it is. This this gave me a boner, and I I, I remembered it for months. Watch. Keep watching. Yeah, first it. of all, it's popping out, right? That's number it's a little chilly in there. That's well okay, I, I hear well, you. Now and watch. I... Whoa. It's smack. Now remember, I'm fourteen living in a world without sexuality. You see something a little sexual and you go, Wow <laughs> Was that a relative or like a yes. family friend? Yeah, she was always coming on to him as a joke, and he one time when they were alone thought maybe she's not joking, and he tried and he got smacked. So now he goes and dreams of her exploding in a car crash. Eddie, guess what happens in the morning? She never lived with them. She still lived in what I think it was Houston or something. Look, he's she's getting a letter. Your sister has died. Oh my God! So he wakes up and like she. They never had the, the family, never had the experience with her hanging out. That's right. He never had that embarrassing thing. He dreamed her to die in a car crash. And he's telling the future therapist this. Now, you might know his face from Willard. Look behind him. It's Mount Hood. You see Mount Hood?
3: It's Mount Shasta. Listen, mm-hmm. as someone from as a Portlandian. Uh huh. Uh
0: huh. Oh, you're an Oregonian?
3: Oh, no. Actually, isn't that in Seattle, Shasta? Oh, no. Good water, man. I recommend their bottled water.
0: Marceza. Mount Rainier. Mount Rainier is Seattle. Yeah,
3: that's close, too. It's near.
0: It's it's so Rainier. Seattle.
3: Future Doc.
0: Okay, I think you're a little future it, crazy. Yeah, so he's going, you see, Doctor? I killed her. I killed her. And he's like... <laughs> There's a difference between dreams and reality, George. I'm sure you understand that. You know, he's not getting it.
3: So the doctor thinks he dreamt that he spent weeks and weeks with his with his aunt. Uh, yeah, aunt. aunt. No,
0: no, no. The, he told the story of his first effective dream. He killed the aunt. And then he got all stressed out and, you know, manic about it. And then doctors like calm down george it's just a dream i i didn't mean to kill her he, he thinks he's crazy
3: right here do that look <sighs> my god Woo. i gotta quit better help this better help gig sucks
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh casino no this is the future that we've talked about it's this. like
0: a bureaucracy i mean just like yeah it's the future but like in the 1970s they had bureaucracy they had things on paper so right. just like last episode, the 1930s carried into the future. This is right, a little, this is a little funny. Let's turn it up. Okay, hang on. It says here you've begun voluntary treatment with a Dr. William paper, Correct? Yes. Now he but was in Willard own and own the Rats. Voice? This yes. guy, our hero. Only I know, I know that movie. Oh. Thank
4: you.
0: Here's my 1970s paperwork in the future. All right. Like, if it was today's movie, we'd like, let me see your float screen. But don't abuse it.
3: There's, like, file cabinets behind them. Yep. Like card catalogs and Dewey Decimals. And look at that. They got files. All right. Inboxes. So you it off.
2: Not my jurisdiction.
0: Next. Ah, oh, okay. Never mind. Sorry. Well, I have trouble with these dreams. And he goes, not in my jurisdiction, and shuts them down. <laughs> Bureaucracy for you. Okay. So now we have... The dream meter and all the it's, modern 70s dream stuff. So, oh, I believe going. it's the dream machine that's they live inside in of my, my head. head. The dream machine, they come to me in my bed. The <laughs> dream, machine.
3: dream
0: machine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, it be. Oh no. Oh no.
3: Remember, uh, you ever see Nightmare on Elm Street? And the the mom turns to the doctor and she's smoking a cigarette. She goes, Doc, what are these dreams? Right? What are dreams? It was a great moment. (laughs) Now look behind his head. Is it Mount Hood? Yes. Okay. He's wearing it as a hood. Interesting. Mountaintop. They can't even. The Paramount. We tried to. No, uh, we tried pitching this movie to Paramount Pictures. They said no. Best we could do is a photo of Mount Hood in the background
0: <laughs> and PBS. So now he's going to use that dream whammy jammy on him in which he goes through all of his phases. Here, sign this. You won't sue me when you go crazy. Form. How many times does he sign it? Once. And
3: here. And here. Right? The bureaucracy. Not here. Bag. <laughs> Here. Initial here.
0: Now, the thing why this technology doesn't make sense is it's like sort of just like, is it going into his brain electrically? You know, I, I don't get it. Ooh, look at that PBS uh, graphic. Yeah. Like, I love... were... uh, TV Lab was funded with $750,000 only and two hundred fifty, which was considered a lot by them, went into this, which was considered the pilot. Now they didn't just pick Ursula Le Guin. I mean, they really searched for an author. Sure. Uh, they considered Arthur Clarke, Frank Herbert, Kurt Herbert, Kurt Vonnegut mm-hmm. Jr., uh, Burgess, and Robert Heinlein. They went with her, and um, oh, it's just cool because she's written a lot, you know, and like uh, I'm into it. Well, she did Earthsea, which was like some sort of series of books. She did The Left Hand of Darkness. That was a big deal. Huh. And then it talks about The Dispossessed. I don't know that book. Um, yeah. She, she made over 20 novels, 100 short stories. She did a little bit of poetry. She did literary criticism. That sounds like an old lady. And uh, she did children's books, and she did translations. That's why it sounds like I need a little money. No, no, it sounds like she has, like, Isaac
3: Asimov. She's just a genius, and she can't stop. You know, like yeah, she's just constantly. Berkeley.
0: Yeah, that's that, all that was, cool. Yeah, a lot well, of her I, stuff is um, anthropology, and her dad was an anthropologist. I don't no. know. Is that, you know. she was interested in her work. Was influenced by cultural anthropology, Taoism, feminism, and the writings of Carl Jung. Pretty heavy, man. Yeah, dude. And yeah, we're watching yeah. a movie about dreams. Right, now he's putting a whammy jammy on him and he's gonna tell him what to dream about. Dream about a horse. Dream about a horse. He wakes up, and it's like, that horse
3: never existed. By the way, I got a letter from the horse's manager. He caught on fire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, oscillator, oscillator, oscillator. Call oscillator. him on the phone. Call him on the phone. I can't. He's he's horse right now. <laughs> He can't talk on his phone. He's a little horse. You are beginning to dream now, George. Rem patterns are normal. Unusually. Something unusual.
3: Uh, Wait a minute. Call the PBS special
0: effects team. We found (laughs) something it's funny they had to go with the special effects they could afford not the ones that were good well we get it it's a story and they they don't
3: have to be like super expensive special effects just tell the story and and i'm saying that as a viewer like me Uh uh-huh what does it mean well i mean like pbs took my money and viewers like you
0: (laughs) right yeah um okay uh this is one of the directors barzik says i would run the set and david luxton would be behind the scenes when we came to the actual physical structure of the set we had equal import um it was a limited budget moving to science fiction and let's face it some of ursula's ideas were pretty big how the hell do we possibly portray the attack of aliens or wiping out billions of people with the plague spoiler alert too late to alert you Wait a minute, um, this is going to be a plague and an alien invasion? <laughs> what it came down to is oh. we had to find metaphors, things that didn't cost that much money, which have emotional impact. They Our special effects in the lathe were not done the way they were necessarily the direction we wanted to go, the direction we had to go. I hear you. Now, Ursula Le Guin was all over this film, advising and everything, and I'm sure she had something to say about the special effects, but... Yeah, she's like, "Where are they?" <laughs> she didn't fourth. really write the script. It was written by one of the by a woman who would go on to make Murphy Brown. That would be her big claim to fame.
3: Oh, and, well, I probably know that person too. It's I could see her the the title card uh, at the end. Of the
0: Diane movie. English. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she created Murphy Brown. The other writer, he did Porky's, he did Breaking Point. Wow. Yeah. He wrote Porky's, huh? Yeah, 1981. So it's right around this time. So he's being deep and meaningful, and then he's writing fart jokes. Oh, right, right. And what was more now successful? Look, look at the picture. And where's Mount Hood? He goes, that's the triple crown winner so-and-so. That's Biscuits, George. It's always been there. No, it was
3: Mount Hood. Carl, you, you brought it up 17 times. It was obvious. Oh, so he's like,
0: now, CT. this is my fourth time watching this film. As I watch the doctor and listen to the way he talks, I don't think he knows the picture changed. Okay? okay let
4: me try it. Yeah, I remember it, don't you? George, that
0: is Tammany Hall, the Triple Crown winner. <sighs> oh, my dreams! They make it reality! Now, a remember when the aunt died, the family did not know she had ever lived with... Okay, so that's a another weird thing about the plot soon he's gonna know soon he's how could he know
3: i want to mention like speaking of uh, championship horse i'm on the sea biscuit diet oh
0: you see a biscuit and i eat it it?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sea biscuit
0: but this biscuit still has marks where the jockey slapped it
3: it's sea biscuit you idiot I mean, like, what was wrong with America that like that was the most popular thing in the world? <laughs> See, biscuits, an American hero.
0: Is he? Yeah. Now, but it, that's the movie made it seem that way. It was just no, it oh was it was big. He, okay, you're right. I mean, it was just something in sports, you know, like what right, yeah, yeah. is the Olympics? Was everybody's into the Olympic? It, it,
3: it wasn't a horse. It was a human. Look at this future fan. Hey, there's my fans
0: in the back. <laughs> Your fans came out. Yeah. I'll get someone to put them back into your window, sir.
3: Portman, Dallas. Dallas,
0: Dallas.
3: It does look like Dallas, you have to
0: admit. Those and we look... Dallas throughout. Some Fort Worth. Now, one of the internet sites, but it wasn't like a serious one, like IMDb or, you know, Wikipedia. It was some movie site, like three or four click, clicks of Google in. Right. Part of this was filmed in West Germany. I just don't. I don't think that's true. Why would they do that anyway? They could spend well, the money out doing something else. Of course.
3: I love now, these apps. We
0: will see some stock footage of like rockets taking off and stuff. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. He goes, George. I'd like to see you use your dreams. Now, doesn't that strike you as a nice idea? So it's like, does he know that they're effective dreams? I mean. He got, the, the psychiatrist got snookered
3: because he now doesn't realize that Mount Hood wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like.
0: <clears throat> Look, he just knocked him out and put him to sleep in like a click. I don't know how he did that and he'll never do it again in the film. Isn't that weird?
3: Right. Yeah, they did that in Porky's as well. Oh, I can see the influence.
0: Yeah, Angel
3: Beach, (laughs) Angel Beach, Florida.
0: Sleep,
3: sleep, Pee-wee.
0: Oh, I can't wait. (sighs) He wakes up. Pee-wee wakes up with an erection. The funniest thing about that film was when he went on. Pee-wee went on his date. He wore his condom. It was on his dick the whole date. He wore his condom. The best
3: joke (laughs) is always in the beginning. He has an erection. He measures it. His mom walks in
0: yeah well you remember this yeah yeah it, swing that was hilarious man
3: the rest of the movie what have you
0: so he keeps saying antwerp that's their like code word to dream Take so word okay um trigger word you know it's like he says antwerp and you know like a hypnotist he'll make him squawk like a chicken every time he says antwerp that kind of but thing. That, that's a name not a word Right? It's a city. Right. right. They're just using it. Like, I might say raspberries. You know, they're just using it as a... Okay, so he asked him to dream that this dreadful rain in Portland would go away. If it worked, the doctor
3: would have never remembered there was rain. He would be in a world where there was never rain.
0: Agree, Mike. So that's what's wrong with the film. You see he goes out there and the rain goes away and the right. sun comes out. So everybody's...
2: Maybe he's... Yeah, yeah I'm getting...
0: Uh, no, I just... You're, uh, you're with me already. I don't get it. Look they must see sun. the green screen there.
3: I think it's because the doctor is trying to manipulate it himself. Like, he wasn't conscious of the horse taking over the reality, but he's trying to toy with this guy, so he's kind of conscious of what he's doing.
0: Yep, you're right about that.
3: But that's dangerous. That's a dangerous game to play, man.
0: That's funny. That's what George is going to say.
3: Yeah. Because he thinks he's in control, but he already whammy jammy the doctor.
0: But whatever George dreams, you're going to get. So you can right. suggest stuff to George. That doesn't mean he's going to dream it the way you said it. Okay, so now he goes back. He just left his patient unattended, right? So now he goes back and he's going to wake him up. And he's going to pretend he's going to be like, it's always been sunny, George, you know? He's going to pretend he doesn't know. Oh, the George, doctor's going to pretend. Yes, the doctor's going to pretend.
3: doctor's going to get fucked. The I hope George, the doctor gets fucked did,
0: up. Yep, that's right. Oh. <sighs> He says it was an effective dream. I tell you that. They wear me out.
3: Sure, man. That's like the pull in fire uh, Firestarter. Your eye starts to bleed. Zach Efron's eye starts bleeding.
0: I was having a picnic on Mount Hood in the in the rain with Genghis Khan, and oh, then yeah. his umbrella leaked and the sun came out. Oh, they have online
3: weather back in 79?
0: No, it's the phone, you know. Uh, you hear the automated recording. On-
3: one eight hundred W E A, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you're there with the rotary phone, trying to figure out what the W is. So you must have the subtitles on, right? Yeah, I'm rocking the subtitles, Carl.
0: Because that's what she came in and said. I have the weather online for you, just like you asked, sir. He did ask in the hall. She's he's listening. It's like temperature is 105 degrees. <laughs> A lot of sun, Celsius. It can't be Celsius. It has to be. Burnt.
3: Yeah, I think someone at PBS has another metric system.
0: Yeah, because you would be yeah, that'd be like that's what you set the oven to.
3: This is kind of cool. I like these these uh,
0: future. Wait, it's it's zero is freezing and a hundred is boiling, right? Right. So yeah. It's, so it's, yeah, hundred five Celsius. <laughs> so he's going. I liked it better when it was raining. And George overhears that and says, He knows, he knows, he, th- he knows that the doctor knows. So he's going back to confront him. Right. But the doctor won't let on that he knows. Oh, but he has to know the doctor did that.
4: I would trust what? the doctor.
3: What? Fucking, you have to have trust between the doctor and you, right? Like the doc can't, can't put you, turn you into a chicken and then make you lay a
0: dozen eggs and not tell he you does- about it. He does not trust the doctor. Good. The doctor is making him squawk like a bird and lay eggs.
3: Yeah, I have to say PBS rocked during this time. Right, you had the Electric Company, you had like full on Sesame Street, you had Julia Child. Zoom, <laughs> Zoom had a was lot
2: kicking of, ass.
3: Yeah, Zoom. That's right, Zoom came out. Yeah, you had the News Hour with both Masterpiece guys. Theater. Oh, Alistair Cook, man. Every Sunday, you'd be hooked to the PBS. It was relevant back then. It wasn't just hours of craft animal cartoons. and. Uh, no, I mean, we had 13 channels, and they were one of them. And they were like, they were damn, this not going
0: to be a network.
3: We had Channel 13 as the PBS channel. Funny as you say, we had 13 channels. Me too, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, we, we grew up the same place. Yeah, we're in a tri-state. NBC is four, CBS is two, ABC is... PIX is? 11.
3: PIX 11. Is PIX still around, WPIX? Yes. And they still do the 11? They still make it look like the World Trade Center?
0: Uh, No. I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch it. Uh, But I know that a French uh, curiosity shop was interviewed on PIX, and I saw it on YouTube, so I know they're alive. Okay, so he goes to this uh, lawyer, uh, because it's all the part of the paperwork. He was abusing drugs, and they signed him to the other therapist. He goes, "I want a different therapist," and she's like, "You got to show cause. You know, I can't just switch your therapist." Right. And it's like he's 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 using me like a guinea pig, and she, she's just shutting him down.
3: You know. But he's right. I agree with him. Look at yeah. that electric sharpener. But even in the future, they have pencil oh. sharpeners.
0: Well, they still had pencils in the future. It looks pretty cool. Now, she will actually become the third person in our film. She'll become uh, a, the third player. And it's a little awkward how she's not in the beginning because this isn't an act two person. Right. Um, you, I don't know if you'll you, – well, she, did, she had a famous uh, performance in The Color Purple in 85, Shrug Avery, and she was nominated for Academy Award. For oh, Best terrific. Academy, yeah, in a supporting role. Her name is Margaret Avery, but she's Heather in our story. I don't she think did a I... lot of work here, but I don't know if you'd know any of it. Well, I don't all the
3: serious Spielberg movies I avoid. If there's an alien involved, I'm there. Okay. Like nothing science fiction. I don't watch these movies. So I don't really I don't find an alien in one of
0: these titles. Okay, yeah, I don't think I've seen it. Alright, well, how about there's one with a fish? Would what you was be that? interested? In- okay, she did the fish that saved Pittsburgh in nineteen. I saw that movie. That's a great movie. All right, make you know these
3: movies. Hey, so the fish that saved Pittsburgh is because they were all the same astrological sign, Pisces. Mm-hmm. It was this. Uh, I think the kid's name was James Brown III. Or I no, no, I'm making it up. But the, it was a kid who you're
2: saved, making it up.
3: He saved his his uh the Philly.
0: Sports team god yeah. it's not a, literally a fish it, okay it's just the pisces symbol okay so here uh cool breeze in 1972 which way is up in 77 scott joplin in 77 uh white man's burden in 95 oh i saw that that's when james travolta john travolta like it switched like white people were the oh i heard of that film. i never saw that i gotta go see that movie um Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins, Meet the Browns in 2008, Proud Mary in 2018. Oh, I see Meet the Browns. Okay, 2008. And she was on uh, BET in Being Mary Jane for, like, four years. Oh, is that a reality show? Lead character's mother. Oh, Uh, all right. So she's been acting constantly. Yeah, yeah. I, I see a gap from the... She was active in the 70s, and then there are gaps. Once in the 80s, once in the 90s, and then, well, she's still, she has been in things consistently throughout all the decades, including ours right now.
3: It looks like she played the mom in Fish Co- that saved Pittsburgh, and the kid's name was James Bond Third, the actor. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, you should see that movie. I, my brother and I love that film. Oh, it, okay. Uh, Oh, they do this stunt. It's you have to like it's VOD, you can't find it on YouTube. But if you have a chance to, I would go to your Netflix DVD service and see if they have the fish to save Pittsburgh. Okay, so noted. Look at Dallas, man. Dallas architecture is so normal,
0: modern. Is it modern? I don't know. Okay, it so th- what it, his effective dream essentially gave the doctor his own dream Institute. And look how he's dressed. Remember how he was dressed before? Sure. Yeah, right. We complained about it. Now he's in like a computer center. Look at him looking around noticing himself.
3: He's so weird. So they both are aware of the the whammy jammy.
0: Well, he's still pretending he is not aware of it. The doctor.
3: That's so what a sleazy doctor.
0: Here's the receptionist.
3: Ooh, actual clipboard.
0: Thank you, nurse.
3: Usually I have a box of cereal that you put a piece of paper on, and I, I sign it that way.
0: <laughs> clipboard.
3: There's a uh, stuff in the background.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he goes, put George down for an appointment at noon tomorrow. And he goes, no, 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 Doc. We're done. We're done. done.
3: You got your wing. We're out of here.
0: I got a, I got a job. He goes, the therapy's more important than your job.
3: Wow, what a cool looking office he dreamt up.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Doctor Haber's loving it too. I mean, so like, George protests, but he still does it. I don't know. I'm not going to do this anymore.
3: Oh, I think not. We have a 12 o'clock appointment. Don't sleep, <laughs> by the way. Stay up all night. I'll see you at noon tomorrow. I like how you just sleep, dude. He knocks it. Yeah. I guess he does the whammy jammy knockout,
0: right? Right. He, you go through stage one, stage two, stage three. Boom, you're in REM. Instant dreaming. Dreaming.
3: Dreaming, dreaming is real? Free? I I don't know how it goes. Uh,
0: yeah, dreaming. Uh, you, I met you in the park. We're going to have an Ursula Le Guin cameo, by the way. Cool,
3: good. I want to see what she looks like.
0: Dreaming is free. It's
3: free. Free, yeah, gotcha.
4: Dreaming.
0: What a bad
3: song. You know, you should check out Sherman's showcase on uh, Hulu. They okay. do a Deborah Harry Blodney parody that is so funny. She sings a song about nightclub and how she's gonna go out and get plowed like the Witcher
0: snow. <laughs> now I I'm gonna interrupt myself because we got a cameo. You're only gonna see her for two seconds. Okay. She's gonna be on the left. We're not there yet. You're gonna see a long table in a cafeteria. Our heroes are sitting at the head of it, and she's gonna be to the left. All right, I'm ready to pause it. Okay. No, no, don't no, no, don't no. don't. They're left. Oh okay. there's his not yet, not yet. there to the left. She's she see her, the gray haired lady to the left, all close to him. What a great cameo, man. Um, okay, so Le Guin, her husband, her fifteen year old son, and her husband's eighty year old aunt Ruby appear as extras in the scene where Heather and George talk over lunch in a cafeteria. All I saw was Urth- Ursula Le Guin, and all I really saw is her gray hair look like my mom. Serious, she looked serious.
3: like the dust cover, like eating something. Mm-hmm. The, the dust jacket. You, you open up the book and there's a picture of Ursula.
0: Yeah, She's written a hundred books. She wrote, no, she wrote 20, 20. Apro- over 20. She wrote in the 20s. And then a hundred short stories. short stories. Yeah. Translated
3: a few books, knocked out a cute couple anthologies, maybe a book about puzzles.
0: No. <laughs> she did a book on quilting. Now, um, George has now said it was it's an experimental machine. And so the lawyer, um, Heather, is like, oh, experimental? Okay, that'll be your, uh, you know, you've got a case. I will go as an observer. And if there's something weird, I can get your switch to a different. Thank point. you, Margaret Avery,
3: for doing something, right? She's <laughs> got to get in there.
0: Oh, she's, she's in there for out. She yeah. will now go to this appointment and be with us for the rest of the film. Now, Good. look, it's all like a nuclear – see, the results of the dreams change. Every single time they change, I'm a little behind. I don't know why those people still look like they were nuclear war survivors.
3: No, They're protesting something, and they have moving staircases. This must be the new
0: reality. <laughs> yeah. It, it called... them up. Well, it elevates them. It's called – in their movie, it's called an It's called an elevator. It elevates you (laughs) higher a step at a time.
3: But what's this escalator? Um, Same thing?
0: So, okay. No, look, he's got this whammy jammy machine that if you're upset, you'll get super upset. It's called an escalator.
3: (laughs) Oh, little future... I mean, I, I really would love to see an original copy of this to see what it looks like if it was yeah, too video-y with the light outside.
0: Yeah. Now, he was like, fuck this place, I'm never coming back. And he's like, George, great to see you, and you're early, right? Right, so it's 11.45. Right? He lays down and says, come on, let's go. Let's stream, come, come on. on. He goes, it's you five. have an appointment or something? Rem me up. Yeah, let's go, rem me up. He knows Heather's coming. Oh, cool. I have seen Willard
3: have you? from the 70s. And Ben, mm-hmm. I guess, is the sequel. I don't know if he was in Ben.
0: I remember. No, it was Ben.
3: Ben, ben was first, right? Because they had Michael Jackson yeah. as a kid singing this. I am you. You am me. We are us. Ben, I left you
0: in, I don't know, a trap. I haven't seen that movie in a while. All right. I guess I'm going to see that movie again now that we're talking about it. About it. So, uh, there's see. a
3: remake with Crispin Glover.
0: Oh, I think it was like Willard that.
3: Willard was the first one had this guy Bruce yeah. there was a sequel Ben and I think young Michael Jackson sang the theme song to the sequel to a rat movie and then <laughs> there was a remake of Willard with Crispin Glover in the 2000s
0: that one I saw and I enjoyed and I loved how Ben rebelled you know he was like Ben you <laughs> do what the fuck maybe... I saw. Maybe
3: Ben's the first one and Willard's the sequel. There's There was two rat movies with the different names of the rats.
0: Okay, so all I know is Willard in 1971. I have heard of the sequel, Ben. I think Willard must be the first one. Okay. What a slimy name, and I think that was totally on purpose. You know, Willard. It's like Willie gives you the willies, you know? Oh, right. But, you know, sometimes you see a
3: movie and the movie the title is always the name of the character. And you're like, I don't know who Larry Crown is. Why should I give a rat's ass? Yeah. Like, whoa, they made a movie about Tammy? Move out of my way. So when you find <laughs> yeah. out Willard is a rat, you're like, oh, cool.
0: <laughs> no, Willard is his name. His name is... Oh, it's the boy's name? Oh, wait. Yes. So, and his yes. rat's name is Ben? Right. Uh, Willard Stiles is his name Gosh. in the film. Yeah, and Ben was the and uh, prota- uh, antagonist rat. So I guess Ben was the sequel then. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, so now he's talked all about what the Whammy Jammy Machine does, and she's ready to observe, and...
3: Look at these space age buttons.
0: Yeah, they're so modern. This, If this was... I mean... You know, they're so modern that I, my kids grew up with
4: those. It's so futuristic. I have no
3: clue what the symbols mean or why they need it. He's ready to
0: accept a suggestive dream. Now, not effective, suggestive. With with his attorney right behind him. Now, he says, last time you were here, you were telling me about something that bothered you very much. Overpopulation. That's not true. That comes out of the doctor. I want you to dream of a world without overpopulation, is what he's doing. That's genocide. He's worse than Thanos, Carl. Well, not worse. He is Thanos. Yeah. When I say Antwerp,
3: I told you I got to ask for a refund after I saw the movie Avengers Endgame.
0: Yeah, that's right. But it doesn't work. The joke doesn't work. Because you're not in a movie. You're not in a movie. Nobody would expect that.
3: All right. Thank you, audience member, for explaining why that joke never worked.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You should say something like, um, I was so upset that, like, you know, I took my wife to see. I was hoping when Thanos snapped his finger, I'd only have the one ticket charge. There there you go.
3: I had a 50% chance.
0: Usually you fix my jokes okay now due to budget they couldn't show billions of people dying in a plague so they did this metaphor they have him dreaming of dining at a table there's dr haber and it seems like he's in the dream but he's not of course you know george must be dreaming him but but throughout the drama throughout the scene he acts like the dr haber we know so look he's People are going to start to get old and die. Oh. I thought
3: they just threw, like, fishnets over him. Yeah, look, the doctor's yeah. picking up on it.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he's dreaming the doctor, so... They're in the room,
3: and they're he's definitely, the doctor's kind of pushing this along. It's yes. Yeah. We can't afford millions of people dying or slow. We, the best PBS can do is throw a fish net over people over dinner. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now these guys, I you know, they were trying hard. They were trying yeah. hard, you know, and they did this 1972 film together called Between Time and Timbuktu, and it was based on a oh. Vonnegut book. One guy's from Canada, one guy's from New York. Um, ABC after school specials. This was their golden time in which they got to work on TV lab for PBS and make cool films like this.
3: This is a cool film. I mean, you don't really expect a TV movie to have this. uh, Yeah, this is like a, you know,
0: a film that would premiere. Oh, no, I killed people. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, the Whoa. translation would say incoherent mumbling. Oh, Dallas!
3: <laughs> the sound uh, no Where's half the population, you bastard?
0: They're okay, right? Well, that's the thing. They both know that it happened. Okay? Now, it used to be before... You didn't know. So if you're in the same room with the guy, you do know. There's a little hole in Le Guin's plot here. I don't know.
3: That's a little nuance to it because they're culpable. And again, the Dreamer has the upper hand because Dreamer could pull shit while whammy jammy on them and they won't be aware of it. You know,
0: you can't tame the devil, Carl. Well, okay. I understand why you say that. And I think you're right. If you could control your dreams, George can't really, he just, Okay, overpopulation. So in his brain, he thinks, well, a plague would take care of that. (laughs) You know, he didn't do it on purpose. And he's upset with himself now. What have I done? Yeah, because he asked him to dream something horrific. Well, he didn't. He said overpopulation, right? If less people were having babies, I mean, it didn't have to be. You killed
3: them. Obviously, it was saying, like, kill them.
0: Well, what if you dreamed that um, y- people were infertile or what if you dreamed that you had to have a license to have a baby and you had to get Maybe a license to have a baby? Because at least that's not a, a dream. B- it's a dream. You know, there, there's ways not to kill everyone and fight overpopulation. Sure. This is more of the
3: result than the process, I guess.
0: Yes. The result is don't have an overpopulation. Now, George is pissed. Uh, Dr. Haber is pissed.
3: You sick bastard. You should go to therapy.
0: The plague ended five years ago. We are the survivors. Life must go on. You remember the plague, don't you? Look at Heather. She's emotionally distraught.
3: Does she remember the plague? No.
0: I guess she does. But does she remember the world without the plague? Yes, it seems. Why else would she be freaked out? Yeah. Otherwise, they'd be like, Good morning, George. The plague? It's, the plague's over! It's good times, you know? Crazy.
3: Well, put him back to sleep, dream that you had dinner with more guests, and well,
0: wake up. I'm sorry if you found this distressing, Miss Lalash. Goodbye.
3: See you in court. <laughs> See you in court.
0: So, they're all, like, shell-shocked. Yeah,
3: you know? but... Who would have thought?
0: I'm acting!
3: Mulligan. Well, we did it
0: this time, didn't we?
3: Oh, yeah. Mulligan is like
0: do-over or something? Yeah, right.
3: Yeah, when you're playing golf and you hit it, like... (laughs) the
0: mulligan. Six million people wiped off the face of the earth. What do you want me to say? I want you to be straight with me. You know, go home, George. Take responsibility for what you did. What I did.
3: Do they have to go back in time like in uh, Avengers other movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's two Avengers movies, right? There's Infinite War and, and other movie. Infinite War, another
0: movie, right? Yeah. The Take Marvel back Cinematic back. Universe presents. Avengers, the other movie. We now
3: resume where we last left off.
0: Oh, I can't believe that happened. Damn it. What did it happen? What if we made it happen again? Tony Stark won't go for that. Tony Stark, no. He doesn't want to lose his daughter. Very selfish, actually.
3: Well, don't forget, he created Ultron and and wrecked the the shit up. So He is very selfish.
0: It, It was it wasn't on purpose but he did make ultron happen yeah
3: what are you gonna do now docs have any ideas they got to go back in dreamland
0: right well no but there will be another dream in which the doctor's like you got to go back in dreamland and 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 he won't George won't do it So he's like, I'm attempting to make the world a better place, and my dreams have destroyed the world at the same time. Is it really a better place? It's, like, supposed to be deep, and maybe we should be listening. Sure.
2: Four years ago, April.
0: Okay, four years ago, April, that was that nuclear bomb. Remember?
4: You're worn out, George. You'd better go home and get some rest. The session's over. You go home. (laughs)
0: now i don't get george like why i mean he is a beta personality but i see what you're saying he tries to be alpha and he accuses him of stuff but he always gets shut down with things like go home now that's what shuts you down what what other choices he have he's gonna
3: force the doctor to go back into dreamscape and and resolve everything
0: at this point i was wondering why they didn't try to undo it
3: yeah immediately
0: right because that and then that will happen later i'm acting i'm acting
3: (laughs) okay pbs for my character's sake i want to look out at the barren landscape uh how about if you just look out the window
5: there
0: was this april nuclear explosion and somehow that's always floating out there in the ether and at the end of the film like the doctor will see it with his own eyes like it's unclear do people remember that it happened or it never happened cuz he dreamed it away but then at the end of the film he'll reveal that that's when it star uh, meanwhile he told that story about the aunt which was before the nuclear explosion i don't get how this plot all goes together but Have the nuclear seen this multiple times this is my fourth time yeah and that's why i know there's holes in the plot more than i figured out what they were at as a reviewing i'm sure the know. novel goes into real you know yeah, real depth. it must and um the screenwriters they, let's see. they did they are the like writers, here are the writers um Diane English, we already talked about a little bit. Best known for creating Murphy Brown, uh, and a two thousand she directed in two thousand eight a feature called The Women. Uh, oh, I
3: saw that movie. It's a it's a remake of the movie The Women, which was this screwball comedy that had a whole female cast.
0: And her oh. version was good. It was fun. Okay, maybe I'll also write that one down. Should I see that one? If you see the original, you're gonna like it. Like the one from okay,
2: the,
3: the original.
0: Yeah, and then you know. Call if you want to see a remake. It's not bad. Okay, not two zero zero eight. She started her career at WNET PBS affiliate in New York working as a story editor uh, for the Theater America series then an associate director of TV Lab and she wrote a monthly column on television for Vogue uh, from 77 to 80 and she wrote this and she got a Writers Guild Award nomination. Okay, she didn't win. Uh, But she won Emmys for Murphy Brown. Right. Okay, now, this is a bit of a lull or a lag in the plot. They got rid of people. Heather wanders off. Uh, She can't call... George, she doesn't know where he is. She wants to talk to him. Now we're having a confrontation. Why don't we listen this time? You He's going to admit that I he knows it's effective to him.
4: I just wanted time to sort things out. Yes. I know about your dreams, I've known for quite some time.
0: Now, his reaction is strange to me. He goes, Thank you for being honest. Yeah. Of
3: I'm gonna saying, You're
0: manipulating you. me. Yeah.
3: Do so you think he's a beta,
0: not an alpha dog? Yes, he's a beta. Now he's I walking don't... away and he's like, You've got a great gift. And he's going, Don't you understand? We're not doing this anymore.
3: George went through some sacrifices too. He only has a third story office now.
0: Right, right. <laughs> All right, let's listen. It's man's mission to build a better world. Things
4: don't have purposes. I don't know if life has a purpose. I can't say that it matters. It is. We are.
0: That's an Earthle Earth. That's a Taoism kind of Ursula Le Guin thing. George, I know. They
3: just that. threw it right in there.
0: Well, she she. It's in her book, I'm sure.
3: It was also Porky's. It might
0: not be her idea. <laughs> she <laughs> didn't like Porky's. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> no, pa- Porky's would come later. This was written in 71. Porky's was in 80. Gotcha. Taoism influenced Porky's. What? Porky's influenced Eartha little Gwyn's Taoism. I can't let you use me anymore. You go, girl. That's it. Stand up for yourself, George.
4: You need me. do you know that? Without
0: me.
3: Without
4: me, you're nothing, George.
3: Oh, look at him. What an asshole. Vulcan death grips him every time.
0: Now, what does it mean? Why are we cutting away? You know, in a film, that one scene should lead to the other. And if it's an abrupt cut, there's a reason. Like, meanwhile, back at the lab, you know. But there's some television floors, there's an exterior shot, or like no but, tra- no, but okay, we were in the hall, he falls down, I'm not doing this anymore. Now he's in the couch getting whammy jammied again.
3: Yeah, you've watched pornography, they're talking in the hall, they cut to a painting a- on the wall, then, That's then a good they're, do, they're in the office doing it.
0: You're right, I do accept that in pornography. Why wouldn't I accept it here? <laughs>
3: it's science, seminal science fiction uh, PBF work. <laughs> Blouch.
0: this was only filmed in two weeks really that, that's very yeah. impressive dallas city hall the tandy center fort worth Hyatt regency dallas and reunion tower dallas fort worth international airport the dallas fort worth water gardens wow a vacated mobile oil building in fort worth uh, Dallas was also used for this kind of futuristic look for uh, RoboCop and Logan's run.
3: Right. That's right. And, uh, and that was supposed to be Detroit in RoboCop. Right. Now, look.
0: He wants to dream peace on Earth, right? right? Now, what would unite peace on Earth more than aliens invading? So oh, he, unify. Dreams, he dreams of, right, we would unify to go so he dreams of aliens attacking their moon base.
3: Oh, not our moon base. Yeah, we have our moon, moon base. base.
0: We got well, yeah, we saw it in um, uh, what's Man. that movie? Nailed. Uh, oh right, nailed. Yeah, we saw the the moon base that'll keep us un, non-blowed up. Yeah, that's right. Keeps us safe and non-blowed up. That's a good. Okay. That's a good pull, Carl. Now Haberman's like. I mean, Dr. Haber's like, I told you to dream of world peace, not that aliens attack the moon. (laughs) Now they're all freaked out. I Battle in space, alien forces attacking the Earth colony on the moon.
3: We got to give like a co starring credit, screen credit to the window of this office because they're constantly (laughs) staring at it.
0: (laughs) That's right. I'm acting. I'm I'm acting. acting! DC was now outside. It's unbelievable. (laughs) I'm cracking up, look out the window. If you dare. So this is another example of Haber's trying to do a nice thing and the dream has a negative bend. So now he's like, you must go and dream it away, George. Dream it away right now. And George is like, don't you understand? Whatever else I'm gonna dream, it's not gonna work out like they just dream away. Better like just leave it. What,
3: what movie bedazzled?
0: Oh no, there's no more movie bedazzled. You dreamed it away, George! I love that Cook. No Brendan Fraser! How can Brendan Fraser remake something that's never been
3: made, George? Elizabeth Hurley's been waiting in her trailer. There's no film to remake!
0: Lay down! Lay down! Dream it back! I want Dudley Moore! Peter Cook, Whitby's hamburger! Quit!
3: You wake up, the aliens are evading the Earth. You idiot! But at least we got bedazzled back. Well, that is a good point,
0: George, but still, the aliens!
3: We watch her copy of uh, Bedazzled, which now is willed into existence.
0: Lay back down and ra- dream away Brenda Starr instead!
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. I say so because I just want to know what's next. The aliens came? Well, the aliens are
0: on the moon, they didn't come to uh, Earth.
3: Oh,
0: thank God! Important. yeah thank god no don't worry don't worry what about <laughs> you dream i'm here. is there gonna be a moonfall in this movie is the moon gonna is there a moonfall in this movie no his imagination is not that crazy he'd dream about the moonfall okay so heather's on the lookout for um george i don't know why he's like george isn't upstairs do so you know where he is so the landlord will essentially say he's at his summer home that he won in a government lottery we get that said earlier. He has a summer he has a like a, a ho- home by a lake that he won in a government lottery. I, I don't get it.
3: This was before like Dreamland. Nice photos of your kids.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's really you. Do you have any photos of your children? <laughs> oh create <okay>, my wallet.
3: <laughs> They're laminated.
0: Now this film was a big hit on PBS. It was one of their highest rated shows ever, but it had to get shelved. Uh, it, it. Okay, let's see. I think it went to, where is it? Where is it? It, got, it won a Hugo Award. That's um, science fiction. Okay, after its initial broadcast in 1980, Lathe was occasionally showed over the next eight years. But PBS Rights to rebroadcast expired in 1988. Then they have a Beatles song in here. I get by with a little help from my friends, and it plays into the plot. And, like, I don't know, whoever, Michael Jackson, whoever owned the Beatles things were like, nah, uh uh-uh, you can't use that shit. You got to pay us. So they worked out a deal where they paid them much less money to have another artist record. Yes. And so that's why this thing was shelved. That was... Deal was struck in 2000, and this came back. Oh, that's
3: great. So this version would probably have... Well, I don't know. Yes, so we'll have Kalele- the public L- version. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, that's kind of dangerous. Television didn't really figure that out with, with uh, songs, because they were able to get the rights for that
0: broadcast, you know? Well, they didn't have the rights at the time. It's just that the Beatles didn't say shit. Right. Yeah. And then in... Then they the in 1988 the thing it just expired and then they were going to go to re up that and the Beatles people uh, the Beatles had to negotiate a special agreement with the composer of the film score a deal with the Beatles recording ep- out uh, which is an integral f- plot point a cover vision a version replaces the Beatles own recording. Which would have taken too long to clear and cost an arm and a leg. 20 years because of a copyright issue. Once the issue was resolved, the film was cleaned up. Two-inch quadruplex videotape? I don't know. It was rebroadcast and re- released a DVD with an interview of Ursula Gwynn by Bill Moyers. Wow. Which aired with the rebroadcast. And I already told you about how the original was lost. Yeah. Yeah, so you know out of all all the
3: bands you could pick you pick the the song for the beatles is pretty ballsy because that's something will bite
0: you back earth uh, it was in the book because it's into the plot uh i don't know okay so now they're making a big fucking mistake they're like, we don't need this doctor. We'll just dream everything peacefully. And I'll hypnotize you. Yeah. It. But it's the same thing, of course. He's going to dream whatever he dreams.
3: They like spilled mercury on the ground. Don't worry about it. I got it. I'll pick it up. I guess maybe not mercury.
0: So he goes dream about the, you know, like the world being nice and a healthy place and everything is okay and there's no more aliens on the moon.
3: Tomorrow, when you're (gasps) you will feel rested
2: and well. Now,
0: go to sleep. Now, she doesn't say Antwerp. That's the key word.
3: Oh, right. So he's never going to come out. This is like you know things are bad when Leonardo DiCaprio shows up in your dream.
0: <laughs> now we're gonna see a little bit of dick. Now we're All only right. gonna see it for one second, and it's just the little cap of the head. Okay, okay. so be on the lookout for a dong. The mushroom cloud. Right. Now this is Bruce Davison's dong. It's for real. Okay. Now we're he did it for see PBS. It. We're going to see the sea turtle again. And after the sea turtle cuts away, he's going to get up and we'll see the dong. Okay, here we go. Here All we right. go. now. He's getting up. And when he, he's getting up. All right. L- watch his crotch area. Okay, that's the second turtle. Watch and... his- oh, there it is. It's gone. Wow. Did you catch it?
3: I did. Although I was looking at his ass, too.
0: I think it must be impressive. Okay, this is the alien.
3: Oh, for who invaded the moon base?
0: Yes. This is his dream. Now, look where they're coming.
3: They're coming to Earth?
0: Yeah. To Pittsburgh? You idiot. To Portland. Oh, uh, Portland. I don't know I was... where they're coming. They're invading the Earth and we're going to we're going to try to battle them. Is this the West Germany footage maybe? Yeah, maybe.
3: From PBS West Germany.
0: Look at that effect. They just did a saucer, just light.
3: I've, I've seen better ELO covers. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. That's a good call.
3: Chicago uh, has a better UFO undercover. cover.
0: So now it's like, wake up. Wait. Now, check out this wacky-ass car outside. Now, it's so 70s, but it's so 70s trying to look modern. So I think that's why they used it. See it?
3: Yeah, it's a little compact sports car. Sports car?
0: Like... No, Michael, that's no smart a sports car. It's like a smart car kind of thing.
3: Oh, I see. It looks like a sneaker from the seventies.
0: A what? A sneaker. sneaker? Yeah, yeah.
3: It was. I think there was a book uh, that mentioned that, like the try. I think it was a lampoon thing that the car looks like a sneaker.
0: So now they're saying they have to go to Haber because okay, on no. the radio we're hearing. That we have anti-defense, anti-anti-alien bombs, but they have a device that can control the bombs, and bl- they bl- they're blowing them up, blowing themselves up. Oh no! So there's no hope for Earth.
3: There is no hope for Earth, and the escalator is out of order.
0: Now they're running. It's well, it's temporarily stairs, uh, as uh, what's that comedian would say? Miss Hedberg. Miss yeah. Hedberg. There. So they're running to see now. Why do they think they need to see Haberman? You see, He's I told but I Haberman mean, doesn't know he wasn't in the room when he dreamt it. I'm sorry, I mean Haber, yeah, that's a good point, Mike. That's a good point. I had let that go in the point of that plot right point at this now, point, yeah, because you're suspending disbelief because it's hard, but.
3: You know what, honestly, he must understand, it's like a Russian doll, that he's aware of certain changes, but there's certain changes that he might not be aware of. So if whenever this guy approaches him and says, you know, Willard says, uh, hey, there's something up with Ben, he's going to have to take him at face value because he may not know something that may have occurred. So he
0: just thinks there's an alien invasion. George walks in the door and he goes, you're behind this, you dummy.
3: Oh, you mean the aliens attacking the Earth and not
0: our moon base? It's always been that way. Look how they skip the step of make yourself comfortable, lie prone, just fucking we go know, to sleep. we bitch. Know.
3: Well, we have to get to the news hour at ten, so they got to run. Okay, this now movie.
0: turn it on. He's dreaming peace, and an alien shows up.
3: Of course, finally someone shows up.
0: The alien saying. We are peaceful.
3: Exterminate. control the Air
4: Force. George. George! Is this a No. No, it's not a, a civilian. civilian. You're supposed to be an alien.
0: Well... Mission accomplished. They're nice aliens now.
4: Don't play games with me.
0: So, what did
3: he do? He dreamt the alien to come over.
0: He dreamt that the aliens were nice. Yeah, he dreamt the alien would come over, I guess, and talk to Haber.
3: This guy in his dreams has caused nuclear disaster, uh, a a plague, a a moon destruction,
0: and alien contact. Now, what occurred to me like the second time I watched this film is there's no it's not they're not real aliens like this doesn't mean there's life on other planets. He dreamed it, you know. Right. We don't know where they're from. So he's being an asshole to Haber. And then he's he's like, don't you have someone to call? And Haber's like, yes, of course, they're peaceful. They're peaceful. Who's he calling?
4: Secretary Tchaikovsky, please. Bill Haber
0: calling. Secretary Chifkoff's.
3: Hello, Dream, please.
0: Listen, listen. listen. (laughs) Hello, Dream, please.
4: Listen, Nat, about this alien thing, (laughs) I think I've gotten it figured out.
0: Yeah, that's what I wanted you to hear. It's a little dumb, right? About this alien thing. Always scheming for himself. I think I've got it figured out. They're peaceful, you know. Now, look, he shows up with orderlies. Like, yeah. He's like done fucking around, like George. No more of you know. You're doing what I say now. You're gonna dream what I fucking tell you.
3: Or he's gonna get a massage from those guys.
0: Yeah, that's right.
3: That's one thing I like about movies: the the male orderlies, like in uh, Uh One Weekend. They're always like these big guys that take no shit, right? Like they're always, you know, that's their job. Action movies like the the henchmen, you know they're dispens indispensable. They're going to get a bullet in the
0: eyes. But these guys, you can't yeah, fuck with these guys. That's right. You're not going to kill them. You no. might nest them at some point in the plot, but mo throughout most of the film. Remember in uh, Buckaroo Banzai, he was like, "Laugh while you can, monkey boy." <laughs> that? that's yeah, the, guy, the orderly was like, "Hey, maybe <laughs> maybe I just got warned about something to come." That's good. He was a good orderly. That guy was uh better call Saul guy. Uh, Mike. Oh, that's right. That's right. The, the trout. Yeah. Yeah. Young, a young
3: guy, uh, Mike. So now this must be West Germany.
0: I, I doubt it. I think it's Dallas, but he's saying, I now almost know how to cure you and how to make your effective dreams go away. Okay, so just a few more sessions, and I'll have, you know, because I've been monitoring your brain as you get the whammy jammy. Okay, Ursula Le Guin, uh, best known for her works on speculative fiction, including science fiction's work, set in her universe, Earthsea fantasy series, first published in 1959. Wow. Uh, I think I told you everything about her. I told you this only had $250,000 budgets released January 9 um January 9, 1980. Yes.
3: God, that's so exciting. Is it why? Because it's like the 70s were over and well, boom. It, they're kick, you know, it's still 70s and stuff. It's, yeah,
0: it, they were over in number only, right? I mean, right. there was a Yeah, transition. this is like the brand new month. Listen, if the world was perfect, uh 1960 to 1969 would have been the hippies. Right. Right. 70 to 75 would have been like uh uh um, winning the decade up. Well, I mean, yeah, Yeah. Like the hippies were around from like 66 to 70. Don't forget beatniks, man. Beatniks became hippies. Yeah, that's right. The gaps, right. You're exactly... It was the early 60s scene. The numbers just fall when they fall, you right. know. It would have it, in nineteen eighty. It should have been Jimmy Carter in the White House with Battle of the Network Stars, and it just doesn't. Oh, that's his birthday, by the way. George Orr, the real actor. Oh, um, it, is that interesting? The internet thought it was interesting.
3: I think that's interesting. He's in great physical shape. Obviously, this is not the first time his shirt's off. <laughs> 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 and we saw your yeah. bone? We saw him mushroom cap. We saw everything members.
0: We saw his mushroom cap. Okay, so he's dreaming again and like this time. I forget what he suggested. What did he suggest?
3: Oh with an interruption. focal right.
0: Damn it, yeah. he's trying to fight me. He's trying to fight me. Patient resisting.
3: In case I don't realize it's saying on the screen
0: that chicken brain of yours that's what he said take him down all the way so i remember why i don't know he didn't suggest yet what he's about to suggest after george is under control because he's resisting is a world with no racial troubles everyone's homogenized into like the same race okay turn it up because here's our the title of our film
3: But you leave me no choice. You leave me no choice. You me those we
2: call the sons of
0: Those who peace heaven peace helps, we call the peace sons peace of heaven. They do not reason by using reason.
4: What can't be understood is a higher attainment. But those who heaven do it will be destroyed.
0: Those who cannot attain it will be destroyed on the lake of heaven. The lake of heaven. That's All right, our. I get you. Pretty heavy stuff. I guess. Probably in the book it was. Here it seems a little...
3: Well, I if you think... read, if, if we actually read Ursula Le Guin's stuff and came in on the show, we'd be like, This book, I'll tell you that this book went this direction, this book went right. that direction. And it was a fan service when they quoted this line directly, for,
0: even though it didn't work as a movie. It was cool to see it from the book. Now, I care about research for this show, but I'm not reading The Lathe of Heaven by Ursula Le Guin in the Earthsea series to get ready.
3: Oh, yeah, you have to read the entire series to get ready. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> What's funny is the night that this was first broadcast on PBS, there's this major power outage in the Pacific Northwest. You know, oh, she could not down. watch her own film.
3: Take that. Mount Hood was, did not want to <laughs> get snuffed. Oh, look at this. Straight out of Star Trek, right? Now This is all Twilight zone too, this, this idea of wish fulfillment and its has got awful consequences.
0: Now, look, I don't think it's very good. They're all gray, but clearly we have African-American and Asian people, right? But so they're gray. Everyone's really, gray. But it didn't make race go away.
3: They're oh, just I all gray.
0: That. So now it would be where you come from, not your color. It would be... I think the film falls short there. They should have made some like ethnically ambiguous people gray i think
3: do you so what's good but in this film right now in this story is is there like a caveat to this or like everything's good now
0: no everything's good in terms of the races he's cured and and as he's walking him out he's going to say i have a surprise for you i know how to effectively dream i'll be the dreamer going forward and look at all our progress We've eliminated overpopulation, and we have eliminated the race problem. Now, they spray-painted, I'm not kidding, that spray-paint 600 extras for this segment.
3: All right, I'm looking forward to the spray the 600. I don't think I've seen a film ever do that. You know, this guy, the doctor is bad news, man, right? I mean, he yes. sounds like a fa- eubonics fascist, you know, just— Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. Dallas.
0: Dallas. Ebonic. eubonic. Uh,
3: Wait, eugenics. No, eugenics eugenics, really? eugenics. Yeah.
0: well okay look I, he's our bad guy but I don't agree with you that he's a eugenics person he was trying to get rid of the he thinks he's trying to get rid of the world's problems of overpopulation and racism so he wasn't a eugenic. well no but he I think
3: he's a fascist I think like even for the good intentions it's caused a single minded like his. he's gonna do it you know, and right. and then
0: we see what happens, and, and then uh, it's always a miscalculation, a yeah. misfire. So you think he's a fascist?
3: Which I think, think I think he's like really the bad guy. Yeah, like this okay. is like his good intentions. He did he does it for what he feels are good intentions, but he's such a like the fact that he's the one who's going to do it, and he's like it's
0: megalomaniac.
3: Eyes. Yeah.
0: Welcome to Dr. Haver's Palace of Dreams. Congratulations, George. You're the man of the hour. Let's listen to the whole thing. Don't tell us. I know I've been working very hard, but I think you'll agree
4: it's been well worth the effort.
0: Yeah, megalomaniac.
4: Well, I don't think I can take another big day. George, today I've cured you.
0: Da da You'll no longer have effective dreams. Look how George doesn't believe it. Yeah. quite simple.
4: You have had your last effective
0: dream. Bullshit. Bullshit. you
4: dreamt You lost the
0: ability to dream. Doctor looks
3: like Matt Barry.
0: <laughs> the, what? Who's Matt Barry?
3: The, from What's the Matt vampire movie? The British guy?
0: Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know why I laughed. It looks like Dr. Zayas to By me the way, where is he? Yeah. in that outfit. Oh.
4: The alien. There are no aliens here, George. No, they're not permitted in this part of the building. But... Now,
0: check out what he says next.
4: In fact, when I begin to dream, they're the first thing I'm going to get rid of. You're so... going to begin to dream? Is that what you've been up to all this time? That's right, George. The burden is now off your shoulders. But, and onto yours.
0: Now, here's why you're
4: right, Mike. You're Watch
0: up. how he reacts to this.
4: Now, you listen to me, George Orr. You come into my office with the greatest power that mankind has ever known. And all you want to do is to be cured of it. The dreams don't work, you tell me. They go wrong, you tell me. Well, there's nothing wrong problem with the, dreams, with my the dreams, The problem lies it's with the, the dream. dreamer. The dreamer. Unlike
0: me, who's going to know what he's doing.
4: Go well now, George.
0: You must be tired. Uh, but go home. No. Go home, you're exhausted. Home. Here
3: <laughs> I'll use this vertical escalator to get us down.
0: Great invention, this no. vertical escalator, but it's de-escalating us right now, doctor. I don't understand.
3: You know what the worst part of going in those glass elevators is? Is when uh, Captain America is there with Hydra soldiers. You're like yeah. it's really awkward at that moment. El Hydra.
0: It's an awkward ride. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it in that when he's like, "Does anyone want to get out?" that was a different one though. That was an
3: uh... elevator.
0: Yeah. Who was who was it? It was um, Mr. Handsome. He was the senator. All right. Never mind. Robert, Robert Redford.
3: Oh, Mister. That's right. Frank Grillo. Okay.
0: I don't believe this number adds up to six hundred extras. Do you? What's painted them behind them? They're spray painted. They're all their body. That is bizarre. That's their response. Yeah. What? Get rid of racism was to make everyone the, the same race.
3: The greatest numb. Progress, George.
0: You know, progress. Let's listen. Let's listen.
4: Made in the past six thousand years. Well, do you think with all of this progress, you can help me to find Heather? Ooh. Ooh. Heather the My my attorney. BW.
0: Oh yes. Wow. Okay, you can stop listening now because um. Uh, we missed it. I wanted to sh- prove you right. How he is like his intentions are good, but his he's conceited. And he thinks he's the only one who can do it, so it's megalomani ish, megalomani, megalom- And it's at
3: the expense of human, you know, of, yeah. of humanity. Every decision yeah, he's made, yeah, you know, his overpopulation was to kill half the people, yeah. But
0: in them. fairness to him, and he's our bad guy, I don't really want to be fair to him, but in fairness to him, he did not tell G- George to dream, he just told him to get rid of overpopulation,
3: right? And so you say. Of-
0: What else could he do but kill people? But I'm telling you, there could be some other scenarios. I went through a few of them. Why are those people standing around like soldiers?
3: They're spray-painted, right?
0: Yes. That is weird. Why use 600 people? Why not use extras over and over? They're in different scenes.
3: They are the best uh, background actors I've seen in a movie. (laughs) Yeah, actually, speaking of Marvel movies, they could spend a, save it pretty petty with the spray paint.
0: Absolutely.
3: Yeah. Maybe shoot outside Georgia while they're at it.
0: I'm oh, yeah, walking down the street. Dear, Does he have a car lease in this world? Uh, we won't see him in a car, but he is going to get to his um home. ocean home again. Uh, sea Seaside. Okay, so now... He is in a shop that's run by an alien. Look, it's they make a joke of junk. It's like a secondhand store, but a curiosity shop, and it's run by an alien.
3: I do and, apologize for talking over you, Carl, because when he was talking about what what exactly did he do to the aliens? It sounds like he kind of pushed them out, right? No, he
0: made them peaceful. They still invaded, but he turned it so that they were nice gotcha. and they were misunderstood and then dr haber called washington to say they're peaceful stop killing them i guess okay george Orton. how did you know my
4: name the of perception is mutual do you wish an object
0: do you wish no. an object
4: please continue this activity
0: now he's going to suggest an object that will help george how does he know oh,
2: Let's
4: do you see Claire
0: Yes, I've lost her. person's song can be
4: found. This is help. a 45 Clella. of... Guess which song? Is
3: it acceptable? Oh, Yesterday, from the movie Yesterday.
0: <laughs> Correct! Thank you very much.
4: Clarity is pleasurable.
0: Clarity is pleasurable.
4: With a little help from my friends?
0: alien buddy in the book it's well explained why the aliens they say something but it's they don't hit the mark you know they convey a message that i see what you're trying to say alien you know clarity is pleasurable what okay so when things are understood we feel good like okay i guess It is a nice
3: sushi using the Beatles. I'm sure like hippies like to always stick with hippie stuff. Let's
0: listen. Maybe we'll get a copyright violation. Turn it on. It's the cover version. You're egging this on, okay.
3: Oh yeah.
4: That's John that's John
3: with no H. John Lennon with no H. That's
0: John McCartney. Yeah, John McCartney.
3: (laughs) George Sara on guitar drum. Now he's dreaming, dreaming. Doesn't Ricky Preston come on and, and join them on piano?
0: Uh, no, uh, yeah, was, is that his name? Uh, Billy, it's Billy Preston. Billy Preston, right, right, right. The fifth Beatle, not.
3: Murray the K was a fifth Beatle, too.
0: Yeah, everybody wants to say they're the fifth Beatle, including Pete Best.
3: Pete Best, right. Well, you know, Pete Best had a solo album called Best of the Beatles. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, God bless him. It isn't Pete Better. Okay, so now he's dreaming Heather back into his life. And I guess he undoes the gray because she's African American and he's white again. And they're married. You know what? I just realized the doctor said go
3: home. Yeah. And he goes home, and after a long day, he dreams and he dreams that. And it's effective. Yeah. Should have locked them up.
0: Super effective. It reminds me of Pokemon. Really? How so? Uh in Pokemon, you like you do a move and they do a move, and your move is super effective, so it beats the other guy. That's the gotcha. It's a turn based uh, battle. I only know that from kids, you know, from having kids and they're playing Pokemon and I see it on TV. You ever secretly root for Team Rocket? Oh like you no, want him to Team win.
3: Rocket. Sure, hashtag
0: Team Rocket. I mean, they have you, the best sound. They sound like Agilpus. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, Meowth could be from Jersey, right? You hear? I would have a beer with Meowth. You hear his accent? Meowth is
3: from Jersey. Yeah,
0: Bergen County. Jesse is hot. I'm Team Rocket, man.
3: They have like New Jersey feeling to it. Yeah,
0: they got they got vibe. Okay, now they're happy and married and all is right with the world. So what could go wrong? Well, Haber could start trying to effectively dream. Now, this is weird, and it hasn't been introduced in the film before. Haber's going to dream. He's not dreaming yet. But, like, the wind starts blowing, and their their curtains around, and they feel uneasy. They're just getting their spider sense tingling. Right. But Haber's up to no good. That's a good analogy.
3: Because I feel like he's Spider-Man. (laughs) <laughs> and then Doctor Octopus took Spider Man, which is actually true in this comics. I'll stop though for you, but uh, gener- maybe Spider mans not a good example.
0: But basically, oh, he- by the way, Mike, I just okay, go ahead. But no, I, go ahead. I, I know they're doing it now. I got to say it now. Turn up the sound. These two actors are truly sexually aroused right now. Yes, they're acting, they're acting, but they are loving it. Take, check it out. You can hear the tender
3: kissing? Let's listen.
0: Now, you were in the middle of a thought. Go ahead. The spider sense is tingling.
3: It's kind of hard. Well, he's trying to replicate a Spider-Man. But we can't have two Spider-Mans in the universe. It's going to fuck shit up.
0: It's not a good analogy at all. No, you'd have to get Doctor Strange to undo a tender Well, he's a dreamer.
3: The doctor who is overseeing the dreamer is trying to be a dreamer himself. And the dreamer's world is rocked. It's actually... Boner killing the moment.
4: taken they're away the,
0: they're running know. to stop Haverman. She's like George, I'm scared. I haven't felt this anything like this before. And he's like, I did four years ago in April when we had a nuclear explosion. And she's like, What are you talking about? It's like nobody remembers.
3: Oh, you think Haverman's going to cause a nuclear explosion because he doesn't? Know.
0: I don't think so no i i mean yes i guess but i don't understand the plot at this point they just got a feeling haberman's not even dreaming yet
3: that's the thing like he's a genuine dreamer the other guy so he's that's the reason why his world is getting this wind blown it's just like it's
0: like his radar's up for it yeah
3: his radar's up his his radar is up
0: (laughs) here he is in the nuclear explosion he's trying to explain to heather right now what happened 4 years ago. That's when everything started, he's claiming.
3: What was the day after? That was like in 81, right? So this is
0: That was a movie about, yeah, post-nuclear war.
3: We'll be holding at the station for the next 10 minutes. <laughs>
0: God damn it. Dr- dream, dream an Express train, George. <laughs> I guess this is all dallas or fort worth
3: it might be the airport oh yeah
0: this could be the airport now i've been to dallas airport i forget what it's called dfw something like that uh, many many times but of course this is in 79
3: right it must be different they didn't really have much rocks and fires back then
0: look at the phone i'll I'll
3: run ring
0: ring he'll check it for quarters because (laughs) because <laughs> society's broken down
3: he's gonna go in there and someone's gonna knock on the booth hey buddy
0: hey hurry up i gotta call my wife tell her i survived uh, it's so, so just like he says now since that day i've been trying to tell myself that that day was just a dream but no this is the dream so is are we in george's dream this whole time or is it the doctor's dream the whole time with George? Well, the doctor's starting to dream now for the first time. You see, he went under right. that. Right, what he's saying. This so now he's like... Yeah, because he's like, Hey, Burman! It doesn't pay off, though. Like, he's driving into the dream or something, and then they'll... they won't they will really confront each other, though. It doesn't make sense what he's dreaming or what happens. But somehow he knows about the April nuclear disaster. Well, at one point
3: he went for, he woke up, he was in reality, and now he's kind of entering the dream.
0: Well or maybe he never woke up. he he's... Uh... Now look, we have lava stuff now. It doesn't right. make sense to me because we're it's supposed to be about nuclear war. and now we're going to see volcanoes and such.
3: It makes it's total ever... sense. The floor is lava. okay. Does that make sense, Floor is Lava?
0: Um, uh, clearly you think it makes sense to you. Uh, what is the Floor is Lava?
3: That's the game where you can't touch the floor. The floor is lava, so you have to jump from the couch to a chair.
0: Oh, I see. As a child. Like, yeah. I remember that. Okay, so I guess he's in the dream right now, and they're sharing a dream space or something? Right, yeah. Dreamscape. I- I don't understand how this film ends. And Now, this looks like an airport. <laughs> now, why? He's getting up from his platform, but he's like still in the dream. Now... You know,
3: yeah, they kind of fixed the escalator. PBS can't afford the escalator on.
0: <laughs> now, this is a laser that was popular. that came out in the 70s, this laser light. And we're going to see them in the tube of laser light for a while. And it's all because they didn't have much budget.
3: Well, it still works, you know, get the mm-hmm. moody music.
0: They did what they needed to do. They did right. okay with the budget they had.
3: So the only person who does the dreams is George. The doctor he goes to figures out how to harness it himself. So I yes. think what's happening is that because the two are connected in a way that their dream and reality are connecting. Because this is gonna cause a nuclear
0: annihilation. I think you're right. This well, is it's where and cause it? I don't know if it's gonna cause but it. You're because... right. Like he's been dreaming
3: this is gonna happen and it might be revealed that this whole thing has been this dream and now he's
0: approaching the moment. Well, it won't get revealed because George will be back in reality with Heather.
3: He's, is he gonna stop the Wow? Wow. The floor
0: is lava, doctor.
3: Welcome to Fantasia. This is more like $2.01 than 2001.
0: <laughs>
3: wow. it's, it's all
0: unexplained what's going on here.
3: This is stock footage from Kodak video cassette.
0: No, no, this is them. This is stock footage, the lightning.
3: It's, yeah, this is like one of those weird hallways in some office building in Manhattan... You know, like they had like public light.
0: Now, yeah. what's happening is, I guess, is Haber can't take it and he's going to freak out, and then he's going to end up like institutionalized. I, I don't understand it. We're going to see this hand holding a a glow, a glowing globe or something. Now, look. They're together. Are they confronting? Yeah. They're about to choke so. each other.
3: I think they both reached a, a dream world, uh, as you said, like a neutral, uh, a mutual escape that they can yeah. uh, choke They're each other. They're in the
0: dream together. Hi, yeah, hi. Oops. Now, you see there's this reflection of underneath, like he's cupping a... It looks like a globe, but it's really the laser light. I don't understand it.
3: It must just be a sharper image for 20 minutes. Got the footage and ran.
0: So, somehow, that was a cathartic moment that's supposed to be explaining our film. It's an alien talking to him.
4: Uh, I did a lot today.
0: So he ends up, he isn't just a customer. He's like working in the store, I think. Oh, oh wow.
3: I can't so say this no, all the time because the reality always warps.
0: The alien is his boss.
3: George, I wanted this by Tuesday. <laughs> Do you have the Haberman report? I'm still working on it, boss.
0: Now, Heather is browsing in a shop. She is a customer. And he's like, Heather? And she's like, you know me? He doesn't know him.
2: We
4: met
0: a long time ago. You're a lawyer, right? This reality is. So, I got to say, this is a dud, the way the movie ends. It doesn't really resolve itself or explain itself, you know? I think the ending was supposed to be, like, Haver going against George. Maybe in that dreamscape, like you said.
4: I was wondering if I could return the favor. Can I take you to lunch? Well, thank you, but... me, if you have the time. Okay. So she's awesome.
0: asked whether out on a date. They're going right. to start walking to uh, their uh, date. And who are they going to bump into but? Himmerin. Correct. Thanks. Hey, boss, can I take a little trick? Yes. Listen, listen, listen. Oh, we missed it. Oh, uh, What did he say? The alien goes, leaving means you must return. Like, you know, okay, you're on hey, the clock, boss. buddy. Take your lunch break, but
3: You must be told It yeah. means you must be tired.
4: Haber? Dr. Haber?
3: Hey, can you do me a Haber riff? I
4: don't think he can hear you. Do me a Haber. What happened to Did you? Nobody seems to know exactly.
0: He was on the verge of an enormous discovery. With his whammy jammy machine. A breakdown
4: yeah. ever since the night that everything fell apart, you know?
0: And he goes, you saw the nuclear explosion. listen listen. yeah you've seen it haven't you the world
2: after april
0: now haberman like snaps out of it for a second as if he's going to respond but doesn't (laughs) look
3: at that hair acting
0: now the nurse puts his arms on his shoulder and then he just says "Ah, he's defeated again
3: yeah she doesn't want us to. Don't get him started. Right. Okay. Uh, you I, know who I again. am. I don't want it right now. it's the is, power
0: of infinite dreams, Tamer. And,
3: and and Disney's the black hole, right? The villain wants to go into black hole, and he does, and he and it's this hellscape where the villain is like the devil, and and right. they're they're going through purgatory, and they're going through the depths of hell, and they escape. Isn't that like the ending in a way that like. It's what the doctor wanted. He wanted the ultimate power to to change everything, and but and he couldn't triggers... handle
0: it. And he, but the oh, secret look. is, right. they want to get something to eat because they're starving. So they get hot dogs
3: from the alien. Two yeah, alien dogs. Alien. You want alien crowd on it? Yeah, a little bit. What about you? Uh, can I have some alien
0: red onions and uh, relish? <laughs> alien yeah, relish. We have alien relish. <laughs> This is the finest Venetian relish, sir.
3: Oh, yeah. No, I love it. Venetian relish works really well on these dogs.
0: All right. Hey, Carl. Yeah. What do you think of this amazing movie? I'm unsettled. It didn't end. It didn't end right. It just said, like, our time is done, and we're going to stop now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm left, like, I was with Corey the told. whole film until the final dream sequence. I don't know what happened.
3: I don't really know what happened in the final dream sequence. I think that's maybe for the benefit of the story that like it's the apocalypse. Like they both pushed it pushed to the point where George felt it and George approached him saying, you're going to cause a nuclear war. You have have to face it. This is what's going to happen. The doctor sees it and goes mental, but it causes, I don't know. I like this movie. I really do. I'll find the book, I guess. I haven't read a book all the way through in my life lately, but <laughs> I, this might be the one. I, I really like this a lot. I I feel like our show, a lot of movies we watch are really, really, really bad. So yeah. this movie is beyond that. Like, I think it's above – the quality is really good. Like, it's a good movie, but I do agree with you. Like, it, it does kind of go on hinge at the end, and we don't really know what's going on. Oh, thank you, Tandy and Radio Share. Yeah, that's right. Two different things. In Texas, right, Pandy? Artware, Method University. I suggested this
0: because I saw it when I was a kid, and I remember it from that sexual scene, and I remember liking it. I remember the eliminating race thing. Yeah. Did you get an erection watching this again? You could tell me. No. Uh, Today we live in a world of Internet pornography, and I did not get an erection watching a smack in the face from a boob grab. No. I got to learn more about Ursula Le Guin. I, I always knew of her. I just never read her stuff.
3: I never yeah. really read, you know, yeah. if it's a comic book, sure. Well, thank you so much, man. Thank great you. research. Great movie pick. Great everything. I am now Thanks, going man. into a Ursula Le Guin rabbit hole and learn more. The more, you know, I'm going to my local library. So we'll see you guys next Sunday. Till then. Bye.
4: Michael sigo man Gentlemen, get us all across the world. The man above been talking to me. He said he understands my view.
5: who death is winning, nothing but blues around, no feel like brand. we losing now, time to spend in this environment, cause abuse a child, That's cause juvenile, I ran wild, I ran out of blessings, been in and out of prison as an adolescent, my home was getting get there, this son said it's time to turn my life uh, around, we redirect it, my uh, hustle, and go legitimate, till I get corporate and invest fortunes, uh-huh. with exec bosses sitting behind the desk at the office, but I'm left jobless, nobody hiring ex-convicts. That don't mean I'm less conscious. It's so hard when they close doors. And when you looking like the so-called hip hop hopper, you get now. Uh-huh. Stereotypes scarf for life stigma. Uh-huh. But still a kid uh-huh. got to uh-huh. get it down. Man, a dime well,
4: been talking to me. They say, oh, he he understands my he's God. always walking with me. They said i understands
5: Every day is hopeless, I hear a voice saying stay focused, fast money, cars, and broads are mislead you. love backwards is evil, but i multitask, I make a fortune faster, keep grinding to them, climbing up the corporate ladder, in my community, you gotta go out of your way, if you out, to get pay, then back up and wait for opportunity, I try not to blame society. I eat my pride cause I know deep inside is me But not entirely uh-huh. When a man try to live righteously and in propriety Turn to anxiety yeah. I thought I paid back the system When I stayed in prison I, did my job. I left the stripes See what success is like But the way they set the price uh-huh. You spend your childhood uh-huh. In the wild hole You, you in are. death for life The man have talking to me They, they say i When I do right, I feel him walking with me right. So I'm at call it arrogance. I can cope cause I know I'm broke for having Go sense. Put my backs against the wall. It's getting rough to get a buck. In the job, with well, the minimal ways won't get enough. My face will giving up. And my lady friend, B, finance ain't me. and We Come just on. a argument away from splitting up. It gets lonely. My fam disown on me. Call me the black sheep, cause I act street. Uh, yeah, it's that deep. Uh, I try to change, click. Homies flipped on me, cause I don't hang. We happy, but I'm at peace, so that's ease. At least, I ain't got no ties on my post-rides. No time for no crime. Uh, uh, Knowing the most highs watching with a close eye been talking to me, they, say
4: I'm they the said he understands my mood. i means I know he's that. always walking with me. Yo, yo, what's good? Airwaves of Mutiny Radio. This is MC pause tapping in for Old Soul Radio. We're going to keep it pretty chill tonight. We're going to be hanging out. Shout out to Ugly Sundays for owning it down. The first block here on Sunday nights, Sunday evenings. <clears throat> um, we're going to play Hella Slaps. I brought some records. Um,